You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. It's a grand I had nothing to do with that. Good afternoon, everyone. 3.34 on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Kimba on the Roots with you for the next two hours. Live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to our great friends at Hyundai and Balfour's who have been baking people happy since 1853. Let's welcome the Rooty Roots Rooch. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka-laka, shaka-laka, What was that, Rooch? Was that the red light? Or was it Melbourne? Oh, might have been in the system from when we interviewed Jade Rawlings, maybe. Or maybe it's from Red Legs Radio. Well, it could have been. Red Legs Radio. Well, look, Bumfluff Benny's back in the studio for the first time. He for said yonks. he would be rusty. Yeah, well, he yeah, proved so the point now, first up. was it, Benny? Oh, he's put his <laughs> hand up. Pushed the wrong button. I'll play a bit more of it. Go on. Yeah. No, he won't. No, no, good on you, Ben. Executive decision there. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We're live and interactive. If you want to have your say on all matters sport or life, as long as we don't get too political. Life? Well, what what did, would you what, like to go into in why life? Why did you bring up Russia yesterday? Um, well, zero four two seven one five four one double six. I have good reason to bring it up. Yes, Someone's... Someone. Someone's got to stand up. Yeah, that's very, very true. Hey, before we get into the show, Roach, we had an early start today. We had a meeting with all the Hyundai dealer principals, a uh, lovely Motley group, the Sexy Six, they're called. The Sexy Six. Six yes. That's so, not what they call themselves. Uh, a big shout out to Steve Ellis, who's the regional uh, manager of SA, and to Frida Curran, the area sales manager. DT, Daniel Thomas, our good mate, the mighty eagle. Yeah, he, the dropped, pl- he dropped a bit in the meeting, didn't he? He's telling us the That's Eagles. a vegetarian diet. Oh, sorry. You meant the oh, information. Sorry. Kim. <laughs> oh, Kim. No, he's telling us the Eagles have got some big sight because everyone's looking at what the Sanford clubs are doing. South has been so active. They always are. Mm. Signed up a group of AFL delisted players. Uh, we see where North Adelaide's got Jesse White, who's had a bit of a journey since mm. he's been in the AFL system. Uh, Central District, Sturter being busy. But what are the Eagles doing? He says, stay tuned. Yeah. Next fortnight. Well, you never know with him. He's got a finger in that many pies. He does a little bit of mentoring work down at the doggies. Talking of the doggies, Paul Page from Peter yes. Page Hyundai was in. And looked he was well on holidays, too. Paul. Yeah, looking really fit. Uh, Amber Chisholm was uh, from Renella. We got to have brekkie with her. And uh, my good mate, Aaron Rush from Narsworth. <laughs> that always gives me yes. grief, a Collingwood supporter. Yes. So we thank them for their support. It was a uh, lovely breakfast. Rich, you were fashionably late. 
tram broke down. There was a crash at Hindmarsh. Really? Yes. Yeah, and a dog ate your homework, I, I bet. Let's have a look no, at seriously, the... seriously, there will be people who tell you that the trams were absolutely crammed from the entertainment centre of the city this morning. I feel like I can hear a tram in my head, sir. So is, is that my bad yeah, hearing, or are you hearing a buzz as well? No, that's the fan again, Kim, down really? the bottom below you. Yes, I can hear that too. Really? It's really, really loud. Just to just let everyone know, there's a fan in the studio to make sure... That when Kim makes his outlandish remarks, the equipment doesn't blow up with overheating. Right, beautifully explained. Reach, <laughs> you'll never be a tech. Um, all right, no, four, four o'clock. I don't want to be Kim. Four o'clock, an old teammate of mine, uh, just before I got sacked, uh, Brenton Sticks Phillips. He'd be happy that Isaac Rankin's back in town, won't he? Remember well, his great appraisal of Isaac Rankin and what he would be as an AFL footballer. That was our first year on SEN, wasn't yeah. it? Back in the old studio, he said he was the best junior footballer he had ever seen. Said he should have been the number one pick. Yeah. Uh, Sticksy will join us. We had a few texts yesterday asking who would Port Adelaide be looking at with pick 30. We said we'd get someone more qualified than us, so Stixie's the Sandful High Performance Manager. And Adelaide's blown out. Yeah, well, they, they did that, though, Roach. To accumulate more points. Yep. So they've got 46, 56, 59. Mm. Port have 33 and 6 tie. Well, reminded me of Lou Richards. Then he used to do that, didn't he? So I'll be interested in Brenton Phillips' uh, assessment of young Michelini from Norwood Stock. Or Michelini. Whichever way you want to do it. Or yep. which would you like to? I don't know. I'd, I'd love to ask the family themselves rather um, than guess. I'm just thinking back. It's um, a long time. But I, that, I would have played against uh, Did you ask Jim? him? No, I always thought, and in commentary, it was Michael Annie. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of times people just assumed in that. No, year, I think they? no, we didn't. We're more professional than that, Roach. I more professional than the the written media, uh, and just because your name is Michelangelo, that's probably why you're going Michael Annie. Well, it might be. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I've worked it out. Smarter than the average bear. 4:35. Talking a smart, a very intelligent forward, Gemma Houghton from the Port yes. Adelaide Footy Club. We'll go direct to the person. Herself, the person that was centre of the controversy. Wouldn't mind getting a couple of Port Adelaide players who were on the goal line. All right. Well, we'll ask Gemma about uh, that. Um, I think she'll stand by the decision. And I'm really excited about uh, having Alex Brosk on. He's a SEN commentator of the World Game and he's on Channel 10 as well. I saw him Sunday. He was incredibly passionate, given he's a Sydney FC player, that uh, the Ibazuki red card was categorically not a red card. We got a little bit heated about it yesterday, Roach. Not sure why you were getting worked up, but uh, it was... you were misinterpreting what I was saying. No, I wasn't. You were saying it wrong. You were saying that the Adelaide player, Ibazuki... No. Oh, here here we we go go. again. I didn't say he initiated contact. I said he made contact. There is a difference in the terminology. He he didn't make the contact. The Sydney Sydney football uh, player, Sydney FC player, made the contact. Changed direction to make it look like he tripped over his He might have initiated contact, but they both made contact, Kim. That's how it happened. Otherwise, you can't have one player just make contact. Yes, you can. Oh, I don't think so. All right, I'm going to bring in a wordsmith. It's way above us. So Alex Brosk will join us anyway. Let's jump into that, Rich. You can have your say as well. The text line is 0427-154-166. It makes me feel better about the world when common sense prevails. So Adelaide United appealed the decision. Yeah, but they went through a game where they were... One man short. So that, that's not that's not airbrush the final result. The issue here is, again, we have lived in a world where we wanted technology involved in sport. And in the past two months, we've had two big moments. Richmond v Brisbane, where technology failed to deliver a result mm. that, you know, we, we all look at it and think, 
Richmond's hard done by here. The, the evidence that was used in the Ark in Melbourne was not conclusive uh, to was over... Was it Melbourne? It was the Gabba, wasn't it? Yeah, the game's at the Gabba, but the Ark's in Melbourne. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. Now we've got VAR, which has been most controversial in world but football. But that's human error, isn't it? Well, this is the point. Technology will give you the, the video or the snickometers, all that sort of stuff. But you still need a human to assess it. Mm. So here's the big issue, Kip. You get a match review panel last night sits and uses the same, we assume, the same video that would have been there for the video assistant yep. referee on, on match day on Sunday. This is, a, this is another big knock on the VAR system. Because whoever the, was in the VAR the, seat yeah. on Sunday has failed. Not it's that a, technology didn't fail. It's a knock on the individual that was there. So it's great. It's great that Adelaide United is not hard done by this week, but they were hard done by in a game where they had to play with 10. Now, we can go back. And I said to Ben earlier, I remember Stefan Mork when we interviewed him from Adelaide United last year to hear his remarks are prophetic, absolutely prophetic about the failure of VAR, which is... His remarks are not just about what is happening in the A-League, but they echo all around the world. You have a good memory. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. When I'm watching a game of football, um, I, I hate it, to be honest. I, I don't mm. understand the, the points in it because obviously they want decisions, um, you know, more decisions to be correct from it. But a lot of it is up to the interpretation of the person sitting in the VAR and, and that's going to be someone different every single time. And when you slow something down on video, you know, a... Uh, I guess a challenge that's not so bad turns out to be really bad and, and a handball can look very obvious and maybe he shouldn't have had his hands there. But when things are played in normal speed, you know, it's, it's a completely different thing. And I think plus every single football fan, if they want it or don't want it, they would all say no. So I, I'm just struggling to understand why they want it in the game. It's a great question, isn't it? Because we, we were keen after we've lived a, in this television age where you get to see instant replays, you go, how did the umpire get that? So, oh, well, he might be in the wrong position. That's what he saw. Mm. Let's bring technology in. Let's solve all these issues. We've made it worse, Kim. I don't know if we've made it worse because oh, I think we get more right than we get wrong. But that's we just make a lot more noise when we do get one wrong. I think if you statistically, and I've heard this debated before, and there are figures out there, you'll find that it's actually assisted with getting the correct decision more than it has the other way around. Major fail on Sunday. Without, without a doubt. Major, and that's Simon not about Hill. the technology. That's about the man or woman who was sitting in the VAR seat who just didn't do their yeah, job. Rich, you've said that four times now. Let's hear from Simon Hill, the voice of soccer, about the VAR. That, that's the problem for me. And, and this is why I've never been in favour of VAR because, you know, you, you can... I keep saying this. You, you can throw as much technology and as many machines... Uh, trying to eradicate mistakes. But at the end of the day, they've still got to be interpreted by real-life human beings. So the only thing that you're doing when you're adding VAR is adding another opinion. Mm. And if that opinion is still you know, different to the vast majority of people, which I think in this case it was, then you, you've got a big problem. Spot on. He was, on, uh, he was on Dwayne a little bit earlier. Dwayne We've got, said, some, well, we got some serious questions as to how did this fail on Sunday? Mm. All right, yeah, human element again, I understand that. But we've all looked at it and go, I can understand why the referees made the call he did. Because when they're given that instruction about, and it was there from the first game. We've it was still Carl a bad Beer. call. I understand that. But, oh, that's yeah, where, but that's where the review process should immediately yeah. pick that up and say, look, I know the instruction you've been given and et cetera, et cetera. But when I'm looking at this... 
yes, there's contact, but it's not contact about a sliding tackle here. This is an Adelaide United player who's played the ball, then keeps moving through. The Sydney United player comes across him. Deviates to make contact. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. Um, th- this is not what we've been instructed at the start of the year. Mm. And it's such a big penalty, as we all, all know. So it should have gone upstairs straight away and he could have been back on there after well, five minutes. Well, the only thing that we're not getting out of all the you know, match review issue last night is how did VAR fail? That, that's the bit that that has to be answered. How did this we down the resis. Hey, some big texts coming through, Roach, mm. about you and the tram breaking down. Yeah. Finally read them. Don't ring up all right. It yeah. says, surely tight ass Roachie can afford an Uber. That's from your good mate Mario. Uh, Mario, to get socially proactive, I prefer public transport because it's... Really? That's where you do your best work? No, it's just better for everyone rather than sending another car into the city and clogging up the space. Oh, you're getting deep now. If I see one more of these... I mean, Gina won't sponsor me, but that's fine. I saw this morning on the morning news where people were in Madame Tussauds and they were throwing pies into Prince Charles' face. He didn't blink either. Yeah, oh, good one, Roach. A little bit of comedy gold there. Didn't flinch. Hey, let's go around the uh, grounds. Uh, A little bit quiet at the moment. It happens at this time of the year. But a bit of activity at St Kilda. Oh, the band is being put back together. Robert Harvey's back at St Kilda after a journey of assistant coaching where he's been he's been to Collingwood hasn't no, he? No he's been so I'll do it uh, been, I'll do it uh, sequentially yep starting now at St Kilda that he's back St Kilda Hawthorne Collingwood St Kilda Carlton that's since his yep. playing days yeah so he's had would have been interesting if the Ross Lyon um, suiting of Ross Lyon didn't work out and then Luke Beveridge didn't say yes would have it been Robert Harvey I don't think so I think too much like Brett Ratton in terms of personalities, and it's not what they were looking for. Okay. Just uh, we're a little rossed out at the moment, but he was on um, with Gary and Tim. There were a couple of questions that interested me because yep. Nick Revolt was getting a lot of airtime in terms of the role he played in trying to seduce Ross to go back to St Kilda. Uh, Gary and Tim asked Ross that question. Oh well, even I was at the really after the grand final with the September club. I'm, I'm standing with Rewald, and I'll just put a. There's a lot of talk about Nick and his influence in this. The first time I spoke to Nick was as I was late, late, middle of this week, and he rang from Texas. So he was like, oh, my God, you know. So mm. I knew he always wanted me to coach and those things, but there's no fingerprints from my end with Nick Rewell on this. So I think I'm going to make that really Really clear, he was about to say. Let's go one more, then we don't have to go back there, Rich. But uh, I think we had this yesterday. Let's see if the answer changed. Gary and Tim asked uh, where he will improve as the third time round as a coach. Yeah, what I said really, like, um, you know, quick pricey, like, I was the accidental coach. I didn't want to coach senior footy. They rang me up to interviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to St Kilda, stuffed it up early, and then um, learn on the, was nimble enough to learn on the run and develop a, a deeper philosophy and then of, you know, possibility and all those things and letting go results and then got to work on the mechanics and in the end got to the right on the curve of how, how footy's been played for a long time now. And then I, I left in controversial circumstances. So I, I coached with expectation there and I, once we got going, I just flatlined really. I, <laughs> I was too scared to take my foot off because I knew I was like to lose. So... When I went to Fremantle, look, under enormous pressure, and I just went in and got it done, to be honest. It was like, this is what I wanted, and we go away, and I was helping. I probably worked harder then. Then I did it at St Kilda, you know. So, um, 
I really, what I said is it's blank canvas, but now I come in, there's a blank canvas. I've been out of the game three years. There's some, you know, Corey Enright and Hayes, you know, that they're really high level and Damon Carroll. So I'll throw it to them. How do you want to play? And then I'll have some views. Um, so I'll blank canvas. I want to take people on the journey, you know, and I've spoken to mentors. I really want to really inspire the people around me outside of the player group as, as much as you do the player group. So, and I think I've got a deeper understanding of, of who I am. And I, I just don't want to regress under the pressure, you know. So what you've seen in the media is, is really my authentic self and, I'd like to bring more of that to the table. So Ross is talking about pressure. This was a debate last night that went around you know, when some media companies put out questions put on social media. Ross Lyon, agree or disagree, is under less pressure this time at St Kilda than the first time because he had more talent the first time. Is he under less pressure the second time round, Kim? I doubt it. No, I doubt it because I, I doubt think it. this will be his last opportunity as a coach if he fails. Yeah, I, I agree. would think. Now you can change your list. Well, now you've hit on another key point because the push from that St Kilda old guard that now includes Grant Thomas being very vocal keeps saying, got to get Jason Cripps out of Port Adelaide and back at St Kilda. Now that's an alarm bell for Port. That's the nature of the business, Rooch. Mm. We have to go to a break. Uh, it'll up his salary, if nothing else. I would dare say so. That's yeah. what you want in the world, don't you? Someone competing for your contract? Uh, that was Ross on with Gary and Tim. They did their breakfast show yep. in Melbourne. I reckon Ross was still in bed. He sounded half asleep. Uh, we're talking about VAR. We've got a stack of texts saying, mm. what about the LBW reviews in cricket? They yeah, take a fortnight one. to adjudicate. That's from Chopsy. Another one here. VAR missed an offside in a grand final. The problem is a lot of humans yep. aren't that smart. Alrighty, three fifty-one. You can have your say if you want to have a chat. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Yes, we'd like to thank Balfour's. The Balfour's in one hand, your team's colours in the others. Balfour's are truly for the game. I was in Foodland the other day, Roach, and I went past the Balfour's section. The sausage rolls are huge. Yes, they are. Do they have two different sizes? I know I should know that. There's one that you and I grew up with, and now there's the giant. Yeah, it's huge. Yes. Hey, let's go to the uh, phones, Roach. Mark from Grange is there. G'day, Mark. G'day, Phyllis. How are you? Roach, I've got a, a, a question to tell you. Um... Broadview won the Premiership, am I correct, this year? Yes, I did, yes. Right. Now, did you see how many ex-league plays they had in the system? They had four ex-league plays. Mm-hmm. Question I want to know, how do they get in? Because they give, they give you points and you've got too many points. You lose you lose those in the Premiership. You lose your Premiership points if you've got too many. You're only allowed to have, I think it's two players tops, but they had four. I'm just wondering how they got away with it. I'd like Mr. Kernahan to ring up the tell us how they got away yeah, okay. with it. We'll, we'll put a call into John and find out how their system works. But generally, I, I think they changed what was about three or four years ago to actually yeah. embrace more and more players. Yeah. Mark, I would say through. 100% that Broadview did nothing embrace. wrong because it's not as if people wouldn't notice like you have, and it would have been challenged. Oh. It would have been challenged. Um, I, I don't know. It must somebody knows somebody. No, it wouldn't, no, no, it wouldn't no, work. That Mark, I, I can remember three or four years ago, the Adelaide Footy League made it pretty clear that um, 
You know, that amateur theme was being pushed out. That's why they made their name the Adelaide Footy League. And it was about, you know, seriously, bringing people of Jesse White's experience into an Adelaide Footy League club has got to help, surely. They must have paid him good money. Well, that's that's, that's another how, debate. That's that's, that's, that's where works. that's where that whole community football program and the you know the yeah. key to salary caps and so well, forth is most important. I tell you what, Mark, uh, stay listening tomorrow. I know you're a regular. We tried to get Jesse on for today. Hopefully, we'll have him tomorrow because he'll be playing for North Adelaide uh, after his grand final. After North lost, apparently he rang up Jacob Surgeon himself and he said, "Would you like me to help you?" Try and go one step further. So we'll we'll get Jesse White on tomorrow. So we'll ask him that question for you. All I'm saying, boys, is I just want fair play in the amateur league because you know some are getting some are going on top and down the guys in the bottom are getting worse are down the bottom. Oh, yeah. just well, that's play, story that's of football that's everywhere, Mark. That's every competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, Mark, I am yeah. confident there was nothing untoward or illegal about it. I'm so confident. Roach still owes me two coffees. I'll uh, I'll put one of those on it. If I'm wrong. I'll give you a coffee. All right, man. No yeah. worries. I'll be listening. Good Cheers. on you, Mark. Yeah, we're trying to get Jesse White uh, tomorrow, Roach. Uh, looking forward to that. Hey, uh, as we come up to the four o'clock news, is there some talk or breaking news on the sub rule? Well, it's up for debate again, and you won't be surprised that when Bretton Sanderson and others have told us that it's time to go to five on the bench, that that's mm. on the agenda. Mm. The other one is leave it as it is, which is... Uh, the Medi sub, so you have a, an injury that's going to cost a player more than a week's time on the injury list, then you can sub him in, the replacement. Or do we go back to the old system whereby you just have a vested player and you can choose when to put him on? Um, well, I, I think the best way to go, if you're going to have the sub, whoever activates it first, once they've activated it, the other side can do it. And it's all fair in love and war. Getcha. So then it's equal number on the bench. Yep, so it's 22. You've got the person with the sub vest sitting there. Mm-hmm. If for whatever reason, whether it's injury or not, because let's face it, it's been farcical at times. It has. So just say it's a showdown and um, Matthew Nix decides to pull the pin or halfway through the second quarter. Well, if Kenny Hinckley wants to do likewise, he can. Or he can just sit there and wait. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And getcha. then it becomes more tactics. Yeah. He says, right, we'll just right. hold well, on to the say, fresh legs. What would you imagine the... Coaches will want of those three options. They'll go uh, for five, won't they? No, they're probably eight, Rooch. <laughs> it's four o'clock. Uh, looking forward to our chat oh, at four yes. o'clock. Well, let's face it. Where Hello, it's gone, Kevin Sheedy. It's gone from 20 to 21 to 22. Do you remember Kevin Sheedy's arguments through all that? Uh, I'm not going to ask you about it because we're late for the news. Right. Tell me afterwards, though. Brenton Phillips coming up next. Three minutes past four, Kimba on the Roach. The run home is thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Just a reminder, coming up at 4.30, Gemma Halton from the Port Adelaide Football Club and their AFLW program. Alex Brosk, former, former, oh, Sorma, former Sydney FC player and represented Australia as well. And a possibility we might be able to get Jesse White tonight. I think it'll be tomorrow. But right now, we're going to have a chat to one of our favourites, an old teammate of mine, Roach. He went on to big things, though, with North Adelaide, Essendon, Brisbane. Uh, not the fastest player in the world, but ball in hand. Anna McGarry medalist, Stixy Phillips. Hello, Sticks. Kimbo, Roach, how are we? Did I do you a disservice saying not the fastest player in the world? Well, early days, I would probably classify myself as a little bit of pace, but uh, late, <laughs> definitely slow, just treacle by the end of it. Uh, you are the sample high performance manager. We like to chat to you at this time of the year and ask you questions that are impossible to answer. But we've had a few texts, so we thought we'd get you on as the resident expert. This one came through. Hello, Ruchi and Kimbo. 
Do you have any idea who Port is looking at with pick 33 in the draft? Mm-hmm. Now, there's an easy one for you, Stixie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very easy. Uh, look, you know, I'd probably solely focus on the South Australian uh, lads that... Um, that might get in and around that area for you. But, uh, you know, Max Michael Annie is obviously going to go to Adelaide mm. under the father-son ruling. Um, Matthias Filippo will probably be earlier uh, than that in, the, in terms of the draft. Well, and then he certainly would be if he's making the call after his social media <laughs> remarks recently. <laughs> Brenton, he's declared it. If <laughs> I was picking the number wrong. one, it's me. <laughs> He's a confident young man, isn't he? Oh, yeah, I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. So tell us about him. Tell us about him as a player. Yeah, is he the son of Sam? Sam, yep, yep. Who is the son of Peter? Peter. Yeah, it was Captain. Yeah, the legendary West Torrens Mm. footballer, uh, Peter. Um, Makes you old when you actually play against their grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) I played with him. I played with him. (laughs) Hearing me. He's very old. So what's the third generation Philippo all about? Um, look, he's uh, he's a big big lad. He's uh, you'd be one ninety two or three, yeah. solid inside mid. Got a basketball background. Okay. Sort of a shoot a little bit of basketball growing up through his junior, and, and coupled that up obviously with uh, with football. But you know, he he prepares himself as good as I've seen. Mm. So he's uh, he likes the physicality of the game. He, he likes the physical workload of the game. So. You know, I suspect he'll probably go definitely inside the first round, if not yep. pushing into probably into the top ten. So, top ten. Um, yeah. So he, look, he's uh, he's a nice footballer. He really came on uh, this year. We had little bit touch points with him last year in his seventeenth year, and I thought then that he'd develop into a nice footballer, and, and that's what he has done. So develop into what a role, very Brendan? Good overhead mark. Yeah. What role does he develop into on an AFL list? Uh, he probably develops into that bigger body midfielder. Okay. Um, we yep. played him through the midfield in the championships, so he's got the ability to do that. But he's also he's one of those blokes, uh, I, I don't like to call it Paddy Cripps, but he's one mm. of those types of blokes that can play as a midfielder but then push forward and take a really good catch uh, forward of the contest. So, um, left footer. Uh, um, so he's a, ni- he's a nice type, uh, Mateus. Hey, um, so yeah, no. I was just going to say, as the Sanford High Performance Manager, and I know it can't be helped because each club has to look after their own interests. But does it frustrate you somewhat what when you see Port Adelaide have picked thirty three and sixty, the Crows have forty six, fifty six, fifty nine, and there's this mm. young talent that you've helped develop will go into state? Does that bother you? Um, it doesn't bother me as a. You know that much. Oh, look, my my biggest thing is I like to see him get drafted. Mm. Now, do I like to see him get drafted inside uh, the South Australian uh, borders? Yeah, that'd be great. But the reality is, we we live in a national environment now, and you know to see players uh, get drafted interstate and go interstate, look, there's a bit of growth with them when they do that. You know, you look mm. at blokes like Brodie Grundy that um, when he first comes through, I thought, oh, this would be interesting to see how this all plays out. He's just adapted to it really nicely and grown as a person and, and, and cut a really good career out of it. So, um, yes, would I like to see him at Port Adelaide or Adelaide? Yes, I would. But the reality is, and the way the draft works, it's not always going to happen. So. so let's work this the other way, Brent. And when you see Isaac Rankin, who you rated so yep. highly, so was it four years ago, returns from Gold Coast. 
Probably more interesting your remarks on Jason Horn Francis after a year as the number one draft pick at North Melbourne comes back to Port Adelaide. What do you read into that? Oh, look, I, I read that there's a, with someone um, like Isaac, there's some pretty strong family connections yeah. back here in Adelaide. Um, that's what I read into it. Um, I, I read into both of them that geez, you need to provide good environments for young players if you are shifting them uh, interstate, that that environment's strong enough for them to connect and buy in really quickly. Um, if not, you really open yourself up to to that. And I think with Jace, someone like Jason, I, I, I think the turbulence in around the whole North Melbourne aspect probably sealed the deal for him in the, in the end. So um, that's where I, I see that. And that's, that's part of the AFL want to have movement inside its own uh, four walls. So, yeah, yeah exactly. they're quite open to have uh, free agents move around. But yep. then player managers get older and go, well, if they can move, why can't these blokes move? Mm. And, you know, they, they created the beast, so they either got to run with it or fix it. Stixie, we had you on the show, as Rich alluded to, four years ago when we first started, and you then said, we don't want to misquote you, you said, Isaac Rankin was the best junior footballer you had seen. Have you been happy with his development? And we haven't misquoted you, have we? No, no, I think he was. He's, yep. he, you know, if, he, if he's not the best, he was in the grand final, that's for sure. <laughs> mm. So, uh, um yeah, look, has he reached his potential? Well, look, the, the role he plays, I think it's hard to reach that at his age. What's he, 22, I reckon, yep. now? So it's, he's just coming into that window. So he, he's really coming into that window where he needs his next four to five years to really establish himself as a genuine A-grader at that level. Now, he was an A-grader, an A-plus grader at junior level, he needs to now make that transition into um, into AFL football. So the big question everyone asks, can he do it as a midfielder or will he be a pinch hitter like uh, like Tom Papley the last uh, 18 months? I think he can do it as a midfielder. Like He's he's generally aerobically pretty good. So he could get in there and have a running capacity. Is his frame good enough to stand up for four quarters of midfield? Mm. Probably not at this given point in time. He can go in, have a real good impact, and then push forward. And if, if you got him camped up forward, you want to have someone fairly good on him that's uh, got a tight rein on him, that's for sure. So, Brenton, let's do your assessment of this year's draft field in South Australia. Is it better than one before, or is the one coming in 2023 even better again? Because we keep hearing the draft people say, oh, you want to be in next year's draft. Where, where does it all sit in the South Australian context? Oh, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to to happen. Look, we had um, we had 28 players tested at either the national or the state combine this yep. year. Now that's on par. Um, that's on par for where we usually sit. Sit somewhere between the 25 to 30 get tested most years. Um, out of that, you know, we've probably got a strike rate out of that. I would have thought around the 50 percent. So. You know, that, that sort of tells me that you know, there's probably going to be about 14 taken from South Australia. Now, okay. what you need to factor into how many draft choices are actually going to be, live draft choices are going to be taken on the night. I'm hearing it's going to be down you know, into the sort of 70s and perhaps okay. even 60s yeah. mark. Yep. So, you know, that's, once again, we, we start to talk percentages of drafts. So if we can 
uh, get about a 15% uh, strike rate of the draft is uh, is probably where we sit uh, and should uh, benchmark ourselves against other states. So, um, yes, this this group isn't isn't as strong as perhaps next year's group on face value. But geez, next year's group's got to make it yet. They haven't they haven't got there yet. So um, there's still a lot to play out there. Yeah, Stixie, we've been told off. A text has come through. Why ask a question if you won't let them answer it? Uh, wanted to know. <laughs> wanted to know who would be available at thirty-three. I, I thought we said thirty-three. Yeah. Look, I, I reckon the blokes. Um, I'll throw a couple at you. Jacob Ryan. He he could still be there. I, I anticipate someone like Jacob Ryan could go a little bit earlier than that. But he's a possibility to be in around that uh, that mark. Adam the the lawyer from the West Torrens Eagles. Um, he could be around the mark. Midfielder type, yeah. I think he's he's got something about him. Billy Dowling from North Adelaide, he'll be he'll be sort of in that window. Um, that'd be the main ones, and then it's a matter of whether they want to pick some big tools. So if they want to go some big tools, Harry Harry Lemmy and Harry Barnett from West Adelaide, are a couple of big fellas that uh, you know close to two hundred, along with Tom Scully, he'll be he'll be in around that sort of uh, that sort of numbers. So. That's probably, if you look purely at South Australians, that's probably where where it would be. You're getting a bit of love here. The text coming through thick and fast. Is Stixie still rocking a (laughs) moustache? That came off years ago, Kimbo. uh, (laughs) That went in the 80s, I reckon. (laughs) I I, I just read them, Stixie, and then there's another one. Gary from Glenelg says, there's only one Stix. You may have answered our, this the original. Ne- yeah, yeah. You may have answered this next question, but every year you give us a few smokies. Uh, we talked about the thirties. What about the Rory Sloan, Robbie Gray types that come along in the fifties? Have you got any uh, late picks that you reckon could surprise a few? Uh, the, the one I like that's um, in our group this year. Look, he's only one eighty, one eighty two midfielder forward. Um, is uh, Lovelock. Um, I think he's uh, he's a nice player from down at Glenelg. So you know, I, I think he could be one. There's a there's a kid I really like from South Adelaide. Um, a kid called Kyle Marshall. He's 200-201 defender, and I sort of put him in the Harry Petty mould. So you know, Harry Petty come in late into yep. our group. And has gone on to be a premiership player with uh, the Melbourne Football Club. So look out for Kyle Marshall. Um, Marshall. There's something about a kid called um, Sean Bennier. Um, Sean Bennier is probably that 190-191 defender, but boy, he does defend and he loves the contest and loves to uh, shake up the opposition. And I just love his competitive nature. So there's a couple of smokies for you. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll keep an eye on Carl Marshall because we all know that Port Adelaide need a tall defender. He might be worth investing in if he's still there at uh, pick 60. We need to go to a break. It's always great to talk to you, Stixie. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on the great work you've done on these youngsters over the last 12 months. Cheers. Thanks, boys. Good luck. Stixie Phillips. He's a, uh, he's a ripper. There's some good names there. Oh, I had a list of about 20 players, and he, he threw out a couple I haven't got on my list. Which would be easier, getting numbers for Powerball this week or working out who's going at 33 in the draft? Well, look, I love my football, but Powerball's worth $160 million, <laughs> Rich, hey, so I'm having, a crack. Hey. I'm having a crack this week. And AFL Premiership's worth a few million too. Yeah, well, it, um, the, the money would be worth more to me. Stuff the Premiership. <laughs> 
A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Nearly 4.21, we're here thanks to Hyundai, the Tucson Turbo Diesel. It is in stock now. They are wonderful cars, wonderful dealerships, as we said. We had breakfast with them this morning, the Super 6 dealers in South Australia, Hyundai dealers. Yes, and it was good to see them all in the room. Yeah. Oh, is that it? No, I was was going to say something really emotive and caring and passionate then. You just dried up on me. You sounded insincere. It was great to see them. You still sound insincere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, the I was AFL. Just trying to think what we could say on the record or off the record. Well, we can say all on the record. They've been great supporters of the station. Hopefully, they'll be back on board next year. And uh, if you're looking to buy a car, they are the people to talk to. Indeed. We've had a great relationship now with them for four years, Rooch. AFLW, Team of the Week has been released. How did we go? How did Port go? How did the Crows go? Well, Adelaide. Takes the back end of the field with Bedell, your love child at the Adelaide uh, Footy Club. When you watch a football, it doesn't matter who they play for, AFLW, AFL, Santful, and when you see such enormous growth and improvement and a soft spot because yep. Chelsea hails from the York Peninsula at the little town of Port Vinny, Port Vincent. But, Roach, if you watch, she, she has genuinely just gone to another level the last uh, 12 months. And at the other end, the bookend... In the attack, Ponta gets there with the two goals she scored against Geelong, including the critical one that changes the game. Yeah, the and then she had four bounces with the intercept <laughs> and then had a chance to do it in the dying seconds of the game and uh, did one of those bounces that didn't come back up. And Hannah Ewings, of whom Lauren Arnell, the Port Adelaide coach, said played her best game since getting that rising star in round three, is on the interchange bench. Uh, had a good look on the weekend, and uh, she's an absolute beauty, yeah, which we is. knew watching her play for North Adelaide, but uh, very clean below the knees. Yep. And I think uh, another good pre-season and an understanding of the pressure at that level will be a superstar Ooh. of the game. Ruchi, Ruchi, She's put down a pretty good foundation already. We know she was a talent. You yeah. just have a look at what she was doing in the Sandful ranks before. Um, no doubt about what her, her AFLW career was going to look like. Still got to do it. We spoke about Nick Revold a little bit earlier and the input he had in supposedly helping Ross Lyon get back into coaching. Text has come through. Can't wait for Nick Revold to be hired as Max King kicking coach from John the Butcher. Oh, boom, boom. It'll you be get interesting it? how, yeah, you get it? yeah a bit yeah, of humour there, Rich. Yeah, got it. Yes, got it. Mm. But I'd be intrigued how, because there was that whole debate about how St Kilda went about it when King wanted to bring in his own man, and they said no, you got to stick with our coaching panel. Mm. What happens this time under Ross? How does he feel about externals? He might be. Well, he'll be bringing in his own people anyway, so I'd suggest there'd be someone there new for him. Quick text before we go to another break. Uh, Any chance the Crows will move up in draft using future picks to get Filippo is exactly what they need. Also, why is he not a father-son? I'm not sure Sammy played 200. Matt and Brizzy. No, he wouldn't wouldn't qualify father-son. Wouldn't have got there. If it was grandfather-son, he'd be right. Yep. Which is where Jim McIlwain... Jim Michelaney is quite interesting because of the long gap in Max's yes. birth. Yeah. Still qualified in that 1970 to 1990 category. Yeah, interesting. All right. Who would have thought? Who would have thought a player of that era would be delivering a father's son in 2022? It's great because we get yeah. to see all the stories on young Max and then we get to see the highlights of Jim who played in three premierships, was it? Was it 
three. I'll let you do that during the break. And on the other side of the break, Rich, there's some news of the investigation into a recent concussion report through the AFL. We'll Mm. update you there. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Well, it's nearly right on 4.30. We are live from Studio Loom OSA. Thanks to Balfour's and Hyundai. T20 World Cup updates. Thanks to Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. Uh, I'll be on the couch tonight. Roochie, Roach, Roach. 9.30. It's all on the line. It's only the second game, but... uh, Drop this one, and we are in the fertiliser. Australia taking on Sri Lanka at Perth Stadium, not Optus Stadium. All Rich. the signs were taken down. Yeah. <laughs> All that. Well, that's what happens at World Cups. You've got to have clean venues. So they have their own advertising deals. That's fair enough. Richie, a really uh, Richie Roach, Roach, uh, a really quick one. Uh, the investigation into the concussion report and all the drama surrounding that. Well, I, th- I think our friends Greg Griffin and Peter Jess would be saying, hmm, we've got some work oh, here because... The cow noise. Yes, because... Mm. Mm, well. So the AFL, as they should, were doing their own study into concussion. The unfortunate thing is the associate professor, Paul McCrory, who they had hired to do all this, had been accused of plagiarism. An independent review has found that there is a fair bit of his report that is uh, plagiarised from mm. other uh, professors or yeah. other students of... Concussion, but the no, more concerning not good for one, your reputation, is it? No, but the other really concerning one was uh, that when they looked at the actual player study, past players who volunteered to be uh, doing online evidence for them for mm-hmm. this, that they've concluded that. Oh, no, I shouldn't laugh. Underfunded, under-resourced, suffered from a lack of governance, stewardship, and coordination. How it was rolled out and implemented. So it's just been horrible for the AFL and they've apologised today for not getting this right. If you want more on that, you can jump onto the AFL website, afl.com.au. It's 4 It'd be better than that. Yeah, I remember doing the Sunday footy shows and KG's footy show on Channel 9. You plagiarised a lot of my stuff in the paper, route. <laughs> <laughs> a Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Just after 4.30, Kimbo and The Rooch with you on a Tuesday afternoon. The Run Home, thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club's colours. Balfour's are for the game. So close but so far on the weekend. Port Adelaide going down by two points to St Kilda. Some would say controversially. So why not go to the person that should know to find out if it was a goal or not, Rooch? Gemma Houghton joins us now. Hello, Gemma. Hello, how are you? <laughs> not bad. Uh, did you kick the winning goal? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, look, I, I'll probably, um, I, I, do, I will admit I celebrated because I thought it went in, um, but as, as we've seen the AFLW posted out um, that they reviewed it and um, the umpire sort of was, um, yeah, he was, happy with his um, confirmation of, of a point and, um, yeah, we just have to trust at the end of the day that, um, yeah, the AFL have done the right thing. Uh, did you have any teammates that were really close by that had a definitive opinion? Um, it was interesting, yeah, the the footage obviously showed even girls on the goal line celebrating and, um, and yeah, it looked, it looked like a goal, but I think, you know, we probably put, 
you know, there were probably other things that the game came down to yeah. as well. Um, you know, there is tight situations where sometimes you are winning, um, you know, very close to the siren or even on the siren. So I think we just have, have to be a bit better in making sure that we're not putting ourselves in those positions. Yeah. And when we do get up, we're holding on to that yeah, um, lead point. when we have it. Beautiful answer. And I'm sure there's not one AFLW player in the competition, Roots, that would celebrate a goal just to influence the goal umpire. <laughs> no, no, you're quite, you're quite right. No, there. I'm not. <laughs> now, Gemma, it's been in, well, yeah. it's been a difficult start for you, hasn't it, because of the syndesmosis that put you out for a fair while. But what's your feel of your decision to move from Fremantle to Port Adelaide? How do you reflect on it at the moment? Yeah, um, I guess you know, I um, it's, it's my out of the seven seasons, it's the first time I've ever had to have surgery. So um, yeah. it was it was new for me. And, um, you know, two games in, I sort of felt like I had a really good pre-season and, um, you know, was and even up in, until um, before round one, I was set on my decision and I felt comfortable with the move and felt like I'd made the, made the right one. It was just unfortunate with the injury um, that, it, that it happened. But, um, it's, you know, to, to be back out there with the girls... Um, in such a short amount of time with recovery is mm. um, a credit to the club and, and all those involved to get me back out there on the track. So you've been, let's put it this way, lucky enough to see two inaugural programs begin. You began at Fremantle in 2017. Now you're at a start-up with Port. Is there a comparison with how both clubs have gone about setting up their AFLW programs? How do you feel about Fremantle v Port in that aspect? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it was probably a difficult situation for um, Fremantle and any other club that was starting up in the first year because no one sort of knew what to expect and um, you know we were all in it together in terms of it being the first time of ASLW and um, riding that wave together whereas um, you know and I love my time at Frio over the six seasons we had some really um, you know times where we struggled to in the first few seasons to get a win and from 2019 onwards we played finals so yeah. um, you know I, I enjoyed that time with Fremantle and um, built some amazing friendships that will last forever um, at that club. But um, I think the the really good thing with Port Adelaide is that they've had, you know, the, the six seasons to watch other other teams and how they've gone about it in the competition and really um, prepare well for us. So I, I think in such a short amount of time, with the, sh- the pre-season being shorter and um, obviously the quick turnaround with the season, um, the club have done an amazing job to bring us together, build that connection with a brand new bunch of players all coming together. Um, so I think they were definitely prepared in sort of different situations, even though it's a normal year yeah. for us in the competition. Gemma, I'd love your feedback on this one. Port went out of its way to stress that they wanted women to lead their football program in the AFLW. So you've got Juliet Haslam, Rachel Spore, Naomi Maidman and Lauren Arnell, the first AFLW player to become a coach. What what does that mean to you as a player that you've got an AFLW program with with women who have had successful sporting careers running your campaign? Yeah, it's it's incredible, and and they're amazing um, in individuals in what they've achieved with their sporting um, you know achievements in, along their journey, but also um, you know as genuine caring people, and we've really felt that um, you know all of us girls have really felt that love from them and that support from them, and um, you know, it's just, it's amazing because normally as players, you, you lean on each other, you know, in those hard times and when you're trying to find your feet in different areas. But, um, you know, they've all experienced similar things, um, yeah. you know, being a female athlete in a professional environment. So 
the inside knowledge and, um, you know, the care and connection that they've built with us. Um, and like you said, them leading that way for us um, has really helped this program shine. And I know, you know, our, our um, reflection of our season with the one win and one draw doesn't actually reflect um, where we've come from as a group. Definitely. There's been some really good signs. Before we get into round 10, the last game of the season, on a lighter note, how are you finding living in South Australia? Well, it's definitely warming up now, so I'm enjoying it a little bit. Um <laughs> It was definitely different, you know, coming over again, the season changed from, from the summer, um, the last six seasons to this time of year. So it's definitely been colder for me, but I've loved it over here. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough um, to have family fly over and, and watch some games here and be a part of, you know, the incredible um, Port, Port Adelaide Army with, you know, never tear apart <laughs> and home. You know the home game experiences. Um, I've I've seen nothing like it. So, um, I've loved it. And not only the club and the players. I feel like the Port Adelaide community have really welcomed me in, and um, I feel like I've been here forever. Yeah, it's mm. the best uh, pre-match entertainment out in footy. There's no doubt about that. Uh, all right, last game of the year. It's a home game at Albert and Oval. It gets underway on Sunday against the Bombers. It's a very winnable way to finish. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, we. We are at home and we've got that massive advantage and we've got one of the best um, supporter, support base in the competition, I think. So to be at home and, um, you know, I know that the Army, Port Adelaide Army are going to get behind us no matter what and um, hopefully we can finish this season with a win. Gemma, you were described by your teammates or one of your teammates as the most approachable player in Port Adelaide squad. I'm intrigued as to how you've found Erin Phillips, particularly the way she's gone about her football this year. Yeah, absolutely. She's um, she's someone that I, I myself find very approachable. Even when I was at Port Adelaide, uh, sorry, not Port Adelaide, at uh, Fremantle, and she was at Crows, um, we would often speak, um, you know, over Instagram or after games when we'd verse each other. And um, she's someone that I've definitely learnt from watching her in the competition, and now mm. being um, under her as our captain, I've just learnt so much from her. And she's uh, she does have a bit of um, uh, humour as well, so she yeah. likes to crack the jokes and, uh, yeah, she's definitely um, yeah, someone that I look up but to. Have you, have you seen a change in the way she plays from that dominating AFLW player who set the trend from 2017 to probably the most selfless player you could see on a field at the moment? Oh, absolutely. And you, and you see that just in her performance on the weekend, um, I thought she played an amazing game. Yeah. She, she went into the rough for us. Um, I think she took about three or four one-handed marks. Hmm. Um and you sort of have to quickly snap out of it when you're watching her because you're in awe of just how she goes about the game and um, her leadership and what she brings. You know, it's it's a, it's an insight that I haven't seen before, um, you know, being under her now and watching her leadership and how she goes about her pre-game rituals and her performance. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's definitely, um, you know, got amazing form still. And, um, yeah, I hope she definitely... Uh, Shows that again this weekend, no doubt. Well, Gemma, there's been some really positive signs this season. There hasn't been a lot of Ws, but let's hope you finish with one. This Sunday, the game gets underway at one ten at the Albert and Oval. Let's hope there's a massive crowd there. We thank you for your time and wish you all the best on Sunday. No way. Thank you, both.
And open training as well. Oh, Thursday yes. at Port well Adelaide. Done, That's, I forgot um, that. Lauren Arnell is very keen to get the fans involved. What time? No closed training seat. 5.45 start, I believe. This Thursday. Thursday. Get down there we and could, We should them. rush down. How quickly? Yeah, we could get there, yeah. Rich. We might miss five minutes. Um, yeah. How quick has that season gone, that oh, 10 it, weeks? You blinked and it's done. Yeah. Now, now the interesting thing is, Kim, what's it look like in season eight? Do we still have 10 games? Uh, I know, it's a big I, debate, this. I know. I, 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 it's got to pay its way. There has to be 17. Yeah, it's a, an interesting little trigger that Nicole Livingston has to eventually flick. Interesting times. Uh, we are live from Studio Lumo, ASA. We'll do a, two tw- a T20 World Cup update. Thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. A little later on, this is Kimba on the route. If you want to get involved, send us a text. 0427 154 a Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. We're live from Studio Lumo USA. Just had a good chat to Gemma Houghton. And uh, Louis sent through a text. Congratulations on 50 games, Gemma. That was yes. remiss of us not to say it. That was uh, last week, Roots. A lot of the girls now getting up to the 50-game mark. Which, in a 7-10 to 10 game season, equates pretty well to a, almost 150 in the men's game, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Roach, significant. Um, they say self-praise is no praise. I say it's still praise. Praise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Steve the Kangaroo sent through a uh, text. I didn't get to read it out the other day, but uh, I'm going to. because It's nice to get nice ones. He said, you guys are great to listen to. The fairest media going around. Well done and thank you, Steve the Kangaroo. Went considering eight months ago he put a contract on our lives because we were talking about the possibility of North Melbourne going to Tasmania. People don't like us to deliver bad news, but we're only the messengers of what's going on. Exactly, and it proved that that chatter was in full stride, wasn't it? At yes, the time. and it was still interesting where that whole Tasmania debate goes, but pretty well firming that. No one's going to accept a relocated team, are they? Tassie's, no. Tassie no. wants its own. Yeah, it'll be interesting where that debate finishes. So we won't wax lyrical just for the hell of it. We know it's upsetting to people that barrack for the kangaroos. And, and we're yeah, sorry, yeah. Steve, but Jason Horn francis did come home. Yeah, he's probably happy with that now. Uh, you'll be able to guess where this next text comes through. Afternoon, boys. We are so blessed at the Port Adelaide Football Club to have gained the services of our very much loved Gemma. Mm. I've spoken to her on numerous occasions and she is just delightful, approachable and is all in at our club. Mm. I just absolutely adore her. Keep up the great work, Gem. We love you. That's from Annie. Annie. Yes, yeah. she loves her girls. She loves her boys as well. Uh, talking of uh, young men, Joshua Shelley had a chat. I'm interested in this now. This was last night he spoke. Um he said this is what he's – because he had those groin problems, Roach, late last year. Yes. They were quite debilitating. So he spoke about what his postseason has been like. I kind of stayed down in Adelaide after the season for a good few weeks, um, just trying to get my hip 100%. Um, that, that was the, the niggling issues this year with my hip flexor. So I stayed there for a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, I hadn't been home in, in months, so it was really good just to come home and, and catch up with, the, with my big um, family and um, a lot of my mates. 
Now, uh, Hazy played these grabs on the uh, Brecky Show, which you can hear from 6 to 8.30, Monday to Friday, doing a great job, old Chompers Hayes. Um, but it's worth hearing. We haven't heard a lot from Josh Rochelle. Uh, he was also posed the question about the potential to play in the midfield. Yeah, definitely. That's something um, I'll be looking to kind of achieve. Um, no rush at all. I think that's where my, my craft is, is up forward of the ball. But I did get some experiences this year rolling in some, um, in some CBs, which was mm. which is exciting, um, combining with a really young midfield in, in Sandbury and, and Schoenberg. Um, and then we still got Letty and, and Crouchy rolling through there. So that's definitely something which I'll uh, be trying to, to go through next year, of course. Specialist forward v forward who goes into the midfield. Which is he? Yeah, he's specialist forward still okay. that goes into the midfield. But I think we'll see, and it was interesting talking to Stixie Phillips, I think we'll see a lot more Isaac Rankin in the midfield. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You don't pay that much if you're not expecting midfield minutes. Okay. I know they did with Eddie at the time with the 500,000. A lot of people thought that was a lot. Um, I know we've got a long wait, but I'm really looking forward to how all the different sides line up. We should go through it again. I wouldn't mind Matt Rendell actually doing it tomorrow, even telling us after we've gone through the trade period. Do your top eight in terms of just the rankings of the list. He's not where they're going to fit. He did that. He did that on uh, SEN in Melbourne. I'm interested to read that. Yeah, and I was having a look at. Um, you got to get through that. I know it's a hypothetical. You base oh, it on just, everyone being fit. Yeah, well, that's it. Which which list looks the strongest at the moment? Yeah, you're right. You're going to get injuries, which then is going to test your depth, which then is important about having a good strong list. Josh Rochelle, last one on him, and he did get a bit of extra attention after his marvellous debut in his early form, but he spoke about that extra attention. A few conversations with the older boys, um, like Tex, and just being able to understand when you've got someone playing close on you now, when you've got a bit of attention. Um, there was a few times there um, where I've kind of probably um, cracked it a little bit and didn't really know what to do when I've had a lot of close attention. Um, I think that just comes with experience and, and more games and, and fitness as well, being able to just show my strengths if that's, um, that's my running power, that's my... Um, that's my speed, um, so being able to utilise that for the next uh, couple of years. So they've got to get the inside 50s and get the opportunities, but I think a lot of people are really excited about what Adelaide can produce with their forward setup, and uh, I think we're comfortable that Tex will continue his form. I mean, his last two years have been really good. The end can come quickly. We thought yes. that happened three years ago, but he is looking really good, so it's an exciting time. Hey, uh, the Match review for the AFLW, anything that's caught hey, our attention? what happened the other week when you were so hot on a Brisbane player who didn't even get sighted? I was absolutely staggered by that. It's it split. Um, Wasn't even listed as something Chelsea, they'd looked at. I know, and they showed a slow-mo replay of it. And you know I'm really lenient with that type of stuff. I don't like people getting rubbed out unless it's really bad, but I was staggered by it because it was a forearm twice into the face. Anyway, mm. nothing happened, Roach. Well, no bans this week, but... Yaki Yorston at Port Adelaide does get a reprimand for careless contact with an umpire. There you are. You do have those moments where you bump into an umpire, but at least you just got a reprimand rather than a fine because the fine's pretty tough in that league where you're not being paid big money. Yeah, it's normally around the $400 mark, isn't yeah, it? So no, no one's been rubbed out for a while. They seem to be all fines. So the girls have been behaving themselves. Uh, I mentioned before, T20 World Cup update, thanks to Host Plus. That's a plus. Uh, the big one gets underway at 9.30 tonight. Uh, we're live and interactive. So uh, send us a, a text, which is 0427-154-166. We spoke to Bharat Sundarasan yesterday, uh, cricket god, um, 
but right. there's, well, Ricky Ponting feels very, feels very strongly about Cam Green coming into the side. Um, Aaron Finch says the side should stay as it is. You can have your say on it because we don't get it right tonight. We are well and truly in the fertiliser. And their run rate's got to pick up as well. Uh, here's one that you may be able to answer. Roots that's just come through um, from Rick. What is happening with the ownership of Adelaide United? Does Ross oh. Pellegra own the team or is it still under the old ownership? I thought this was supposed to have been transferred last year. There is a definite need for a change and more money being spent on the side. Rooch, do you Great know anything question. here? I'll make some calls overnight. But well, yeah, that's, that's been an interesting debate for some time. Uh, that but, very private ownership that existed yeah, under well, the Bumpluff, Dutch chairmanship. Bumpluff Benny, uh, we have a lot of fun with Bumpluff Benny. Grown then, he grown. Yeah, he's growing. He still can't grow a beard. No, I said he groaned. He groaned. No, well, he produces all the soccer all around Australia with our coverage on SEN. So I looked there, but he shook his head as in no update in that mm. regard. But we can chase that up and we can get someone from the club on, Nick, uh, Rick. So we'll, we'll try and do that. Uh, How did you feel when United kept secret who were the owners? When it fell out of that? I thought it was um, weird. I don't know why you wouldn't have transparency with something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was... Bewildered by it myself. Oh, here's a fact check. Thank you. We weren't sure. We're blaming Benny for that. Rochelle's on with Kane and Gary oh, uh, yeah. this morning. So that's mornings Breakfast, with Kane yeah. and Gary. Um, thank you for that. Well, I hope he has a uh, great year, Rooch. Yeah, so have your say if you want. Are you, are you happy? How would you tip, uh, pick tonight's team to take on your favourite nation, Rooch, which is? Sri Lanka. Say that Sri Lanka. Oh, come on. That's, we've milked that Sri Lanka. Yeah. We've milked that enough. And the bit Sri Lanka. Why do you say Shira? I don't know. Just have it. Have one more go. I'm padding till the news. Sri Lanka? <laughs> what do you want? About Sri Lanka. I'll keep butchering it. You're doing it deliberately. Radio. Just say <laughs> Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe I could do Salon. Oh, well, that was my first Rudy poem I ever learned at school. The girls salon. in Salon oh, walk no, around with no, no, nothing no, on, no, wriggling no. through the no, grass. No. no, you can't go there. It's 4.59. Looking forward to our next chat. Former Socceroo and Sydney FC star Alex Brosk coming up after the 5 o'clock news. Two minutes past five, Kimbo on the reach with you. Just remember, tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai, Tucson turbo diesel, all-wheel drive. We love them. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. And uh, I formed a bromance on Sunday watching the Sydney FC game against Adelaide, especially after the red card fiasco, when our next guest said this. Look, it's for me one of the worst red card decisions I've ever seen. I, I, I don't see that there's any intent there. I think for me, the VAR should have called Daniel Elder there to the sideline to have a look to see if it was as bad as what he originally thought. Alex Brosk is part of SEN and Channel 10's A-League coverage. He represented Australia on 21 occasions and he joins us now and he was damn spot on. Alex, thank you for your time. <laughs> All good, no problem. Look, I thought initially after I said it, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but then I went back and watched it and it was a terrible decision. And look, the fact that it's been overturned now shows that um, it was very much the wrong one. Alex, yeah. just explain, and I'm not a disciple of the world game, but I was watching, I went to the rule book, I listened to what everyone was saying, I looked on social media and I thought, how could anyone get it so wrong? Why didn't they go upstairs straight away to check it out? 
Well, they did. That's the thing. So the, the surprising part about it is that because you understand the referee on the field, you know, in yep. the heat of all the action, missing it or, or maybe seeing it a different way. But the VAR is actually the one who didn't overturn the decision or didn't call the ref to the sideline to have a look. So he, he thought it was a, um, you know, it was a red card. And that's the surprising part. You know, I, the rule has been brought in to try and stop, you know, dangerous tackles on creative players. Now, where that came from, is beyond me to start with because there hasn't been a, a surge in creative player injuries over the last mm. couple of years to even bring that rule in. And all they're doing is just basically, I mean, they may as well just say to stop slide tackling because yeah. that's all that was. It was a good, clean slide tackle. He barely clipped the, the Sydney player on the way through and it was given a straight red. So I, I, honestly, I, I think personally that the guys are just over-policing that rule. They, they, the rules come in and they're just over-policing uh, it at the moment. And it's gone way too far. Alex, I come from an Aussie rules background, but I watched it back that many times. The Sydney FC player actually slightly deviated uh, to draw mm. the touch. So can you not be penalised for staging? <laughs> well, look, he gets clipped, right? So there's, there's nothing against the Sydney player for having gone down. But in that situation, if it's a 50-50 where both players have a legitimate chance at winning the ball and you slide in, you sort of run that risk of picking up a yellow card if you mistime it or you get it wrong. Yep. But this one was so far in favour of the Adelaide player. He got mm. the ball. that, it, that It's almost on the Sydney player to get out of the way at that point. You know, um, and he, he didn't do it. He got clipped, but again, it's um, it's just this over policing of the the new rule that um, needs to change because, you know, there is a there is a hardness to football that we love. You know, it's the big tackles, it's the sliding tackles, and in taking that away, I mean, who knows where the game goes if uh, if they keep making decisions like that? Okay, Alex, let's unpack that everything comes out of this. So three weeks in after the advice that was given to the referees and told to the coaches that those sort of tackles would be looked at and carded. Is there a need for a correction? and Or have they dug themselves in a massive hole that they can't get out of it this time? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, look, it's like I said, I just feel like with the rule, I understand why it's in place. You don't want your creative yeah. players getting, getting hurt. But each one, for me personally, I would put a football player, an ex-football player in the VAR room because... I mean, 99.9% of the country, let alone ex-footballers, would have told you that that was not a red card, not even a foul, probably. So how the VAR got it wrong, it just they're opening up the rule book. They're looking to the letter of the law. Yeah, well, he slid in, his studs were showing, and he gets him, so that's an automatic red card. There's no, there's no feel to the game. There's no understanding um, that I think former players have um, you know, that can, that can help in, in situations like that. So we brought VAR in. We use technology in so many sports to get the right decisions. The technology can only give you the information. You're right. You're going to have to have someone there who assesses it. Is VAR a success or a fail? I think, look, I think it's a fail. And I'm one who actually thinks that it's there for good and, and really uh, was open to the fact that it was coming in. I, I think VAR, when you look across the league, there's a lot less um, you know, blatant errors, which is great. But the fact that there are still some it, when you have the luxury of, you know, multiple angles, multiple replays, they shouldn't be making those big mistakes. You know, the 50-50 yeah. ones, that's why there's that rule about the, the obvious error. If there's no obvious error, then they don't really interfere because the referees made a decision and they stand with it. And that's fine because football, like all sports, there, there are elements to it that, um, are, 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 you know, everybody interprets different. Everybody sees a little bit different. Everyone has a different opinion on it. So there are there are elements that should be left to the referee's decision. But 
when you have VAR, you should not be making big, obvious mistakes like this. So will, there, will he be punished in any shape or form, the person that was doing the VAR? I don't know if, if that's the best thing, to be honest. I think it's just re- reassessing that rule and just getting them to to be a little bit more relaxed on it. That's that's all it is, you know, because obviously they've been told that that was a red card. So it's come from higher up than, than the poor guy in the VAR room who made that decision. So I, I just think with the uproar that this has caused, I think the referees in general and the league in general just need to look at it and say, right, we're over-policing this way too much. We're taking... Any tackles out of football, it's becoming a bit of a joke. Let's just wind back a little bit. And that's it. For me, that's it. Yeah, if they so just let the tackle start going that, back but this in. But we'll be... this wasn't even a tackle. This is playing the ball and then continuing to slide. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yes, a tackle. The fact that he slid, no. <laughs> hey, uh, Alex, you're a very fair and reasonable man. Uh, and we believe you've just come off the pitch. You've just played in a charity game. Is that right? I have. Uh, it's um, the John Moriarty charity, actually, and uh, John Moriarty Foundation, and, and they they hosted a uh, um, a day for um, you know a lot of people to come and play a tournament. Um, and honestly, I haven't kicked the ball in about three years, oh. and I've just got bags of ice all over <laughs> me at the moment. I was going to ask you, 39 years of age now. How have you pulled up? <laughs> Obviously, you've just answered that. Hey, uh, <laughs> early days. Uh, how's the season looking? Oh, and, no, can I just yeah. come back to this this situation that was on Sunday? Okay, it's it's great news for Adelaide United that they do not lose a player this week. But surely at some point, if it's the virus failing and they go down to 10 men in a pretty critical game, there's got to be a system in place, like in so many other sports, where you can challenge on the spot. They should have had the right to challenge that red card on the spot, saying, well, we want this VAR reviewed again. The thing is, who do you challenge to? Who do you well, challenge that to? The VAR is there for that purpose. Yeah, but surely the referee is called to have a look at it again. Ah, by the letter of the law, it seems as though they got it right. A sliding tackle, the studs were showing, and he gets the player. But it's just, like I said, it's just being interpreted um, Yeah, but I'll very accept, I'll accept the referee position-wise might have seen it that way, studs up and sees it, oh, I've got to deal with this because I've been told to deal with it. But like you, I, and everyone else who went and saw the video goes, no, that's not what's happened there. This is not a tackle. This is playing the ball and then continuing to slide and there's contact made with the Sydney player. He surely has to be called to have a look at the video again. And if the VAR is not going to ask him to call to that point, surely the Adelaide United bench has a challenge point where they say, well, we want the referee to look at this again. Not the VAR ref, but the match day referee to look at it. And to be honest, there may have been a different outcome because I think if the referee had seen it, then he may have overturned his decision. But yeah. again, I mean, if all referees across the league have been told that that's a red card and every single one of them think it's a red card, it doesn't matter how many refs you've got in the room or, or, or where you're going or even if the ref came to the sideline, yeah, but if accept, they all have the yeah. same opinion. I'll accept red card on a tackle, but that wasn't a tackle. So he needs to no, see what, that again. Is, he needs to see that again, surely. He, he definitely does. But look, that's like I said, it's um, like just the way they've been told to police things at the moment uh, and those types of challenges, uh, which is wrong. Let's it's change pace a little wrong. bit. Adelaide mm. United did well to walk away with the draw. They play their first home game this week against Perth. It gets underway at 2.30. You can hear the coverage on uh, SEN with Domi Ronaldo and Travis Dodd. How do you see that one unfolding? Well, look, I think Adelaide, after what happened, um, you know, the fact that they're going home to play for their first, for the first time this season, look, I think there'll be a great Pine Marsh crowd as well. The people down in Adelaide love getting uh, behind their team and 
first game of the A-League. The team's been sort of, uh, look, not, not doing great, but it's been difficult. Three, three games away from home to start. So a huge crowd in Adelaide. I'm, I'm expecting Adelaide to win that one. And World Cup-wise, what are you thinking of the Socceroos this time? Mm-hmm. Um, look, anything we do over there, to be honest, with the group that we have yeah. um, will be great. You know, I think it's going to be difficult. But look, the boys have surprised us already. You know, a lot of people, uh, myself included, didn't think we'd get past yeah. Peru and, and yeah. they went and shocked everybody. So, look, I think um, Arnie's uh, hopefully got a bag, few bags of tricks uh, up his sleeve and, and we can get some points and, and uh, you know, give the country something to cheer on. So, Alex, we're on the grander debate of what we've got underneath the Socceroos. Are we, are we getting that right? Um, look, I think at the moment there's, we're, we're sort of seeing a lot of young kids start to go overseas, and I think that's yeah. the problem. Over the last few years, we haven't had that. Um, you know, since that amazing team, you know, with Lucas Neal, Vince Corella, Bresciano, Kuehl, Cahill, the, the, since this generation, it's sort of just slowly been declining, um, and that's because we're not getting enough one opportunities for youngsters to play in the A League. There's not many. There's not as many as we'd like, and then from that you know, getting moves overseas to be playing in the best leagues in the world. So mm. we're starting to see now a few young boys get uh, get big moves um, in, in Europe. So hopefully by next World Cup, we'll uh, be in a much better position. Well, Alex, when we... we're giving debuts to 30-plus strikers, you might still be called up again at 39. Sure, not with all the ice packs. After today, after today, <laughs> I don't know about that. We're going to let you to go because we know you're in pain. One last one yeah. to finish on you. You represented Australia 21 times, the most memorable game. Um, probably, probably, you know what, one down in Melbourne, actually, where I scored a couple of goals. It was a World Cup qualifier against Saudi Arabia, the last game of the group. And, um, it was a rainy night in Melbourne and I, and I scored a couple of goals there. We won four or five, two, I think. And, uh, uh that, that was probably one of the highlights just because of the guys I was playing with as well. The guys I mentioned before, Harry Kuehl, Tim mm. Cahill, Grillo, Bresciano, this generation of players that we had to be out there on the pitch with them, um, was excellent. And then to score a couple of goals in a win as well. It was perfect. Great memories. Alex, we appreciate your time and we love the work you're doing on SEN and Channel 10. Thank you once again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Alex Broski's a good chat. Yes, very much so. Well, got that got... 100% right, didn't he, Roach? Yes, but we have a problem because, like he's saying, if the referees are being told to issue red cards for such moments and then the VAR is not correcting them, we're going to get a mess more mm. and more. Uh, we've got a clarification here. Steve the Kangaroos uh, got in touch with us. Might have got ahead of ourselves, Roach. Good afternoon, Kimbo. And you, Rooch, that comment about us being the fairest people on radio was for your reporting of the Hawthorne report. I find that you're not the kangaroo court, pardon the pun, of other media. (laughs) Very good, Steve the Kangaroo. Love your work. Thank you, Steve. We love you too. We're taking a break. We're nearly done for another day. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Five nineteen, almost done for another day. We're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. And tech driver Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. They are ripping cars. That text uh, you got earlier Yeah, that Mateus was Filippo. Uh, Matt from Brizzy, you want me to revisit this? Yeah. It said, any chance the Crows will move up in the draft using future pick to get Filippo? Uh, he's exactly what they need. Also, why is he not father-son? Okay, let's do the first one. So, the can you put it the buzz on the wire of what will happen in the draft? It's mm. all very speculative. Is that Essendon is really key. They've got pick number four. 
So Adelaide would then need to deal with Greater Western Sydney, North Melbourne, who have got picks one, two and three. Can you see Adelaide in any way getting picks one, two or three out of those I clubs? think it's really difficult that to deal with hard. three clubs, yeah. Uh, GWS is not giving up one, and Adelaide wouldn't be able to get one out of them, surely. No. North Melbourne's got two and three. You might argue for three to get in front of Essendon, to get Filippo, but it's going to be a hard sell after yeah. what they did to get two and three. So too difficult, I would imagine. The other one, father son. So Sam Filippo played 106 games with the Eagles, 44 for the Port Adelaide Magpies, 150. But the problem is he doesn't get the 200 qualification for Port Adelaide as a father-son. Didn't play them all before 1997, so he doesn't get there as a father-son pick. But he, he would have been interesting if it had been 100 games. Mm. Would have been very interesting then. There you go, Matty. Hopefully we've answered that one. Hey, we broke the news or we spoke about it earlier that Robert Harvey has gone back to the Saints as an assistant coach. Mm. So that means his coaching tenure, counting St Kilda now, was uh, previously was at the Hawks, Collingwood Saints and Carlton. Uh, He chatted to Andy and Gazy only moments ago about when the job offer first came. No, it was really late. Um, And I think, obviously, this, this this whole situation has come up pretty late in the um, AFL sort of world, in the we, we, we're obviously back at Hawthorne next week, so yeah, right. it's, it came up it came up really late. So um, yeah, I, I didn't touch base with Ross until sort of late last week, um, and that's where it all unfolded. So obviously, he was working really hard, uh, or you know, pr- pretty fast to be honest, to try and get stuff together. Um, so yeah, it was pretty whirlwind. Um, you know, it was a pretty tough decision. Also, when it's that late in the piece, and you've got other other you know places that you're supposed to be, so that was that was difficult. But um, just felt like that was the right time for me. So Hawthorne looking for an assistant coach now at the uh, last minute. Uh, he was also asked the question what it was like working with Ross in the past. Oh, look, I, I really enjoyed working with Ross the first time. That was a long time ago. Now it was in 2011 as a co- as a coach, yep. and I obviously had him in the last two years as a player. So. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the whole process. Otherwise, I wouldn't be, you know, going back. No. And um, yeah, you know, like I, I, um, I just think he'll be, you know, like an even better version of. Clearly, he's got principles that he's gonna, he's going to be um, that, that he stands for, and that's that's the, that's what makes him so good. And um, and obviously, then he's, he's rounding off some all that, in his own words. He's, he's coming. He's, he's, he's coming in with some um, additions and um, improvements that he feels he can make. So that can only make him better, a better version of a coach, and that's what we're aiming for. And I know what he wants, and he's put that on the agenda, and that's that's to, to succeed. And we all, we all um, come in as a group and try and push together to, uh, as a as a coaching group and players to to achieve that. That's what it's about. So um, I'm looking forward to to getting you know the hands dirty, and it'll be hard work and. Um, that's a good thing, and we're looking forward to that. When we played that grab earlier of Ross Lyons, so he's going to speak to Corey Enright, who's mm. one of the assistant coaches who remains at St Kilda, and Dennis Carroll was the other one, wasn't it, who's the coach player development. I want to hear how they want to play the game. So Ross is putting that on the agenda. Hear first from the coaches who have been there. 
I think it's just fascinating as to what we see of St Kilda in the first six weeks of next year because we have a perception of Ross Lyon, don't we? We do. We do. And uh, from a media point of view, it's going to be very entertaining because we're going to get something nearly every week, whether he tries to or not. Hey, just quickly, we're about to wrap it up. I think mm. we've got a minute to go. Uh, Robert Harvey, I absolutely adored watching him play football. Yes. Does he not get the accolades in, as in one of the greatest being a dual Brownlow medal? Most dual Brownlow medalists we talk about as being the greats. Or, or do I just not hear it as much? Or is it because he's from another era now? No, he should be admired. Mm. Classic but do you player. put him up there as one of the greats? Yeah, I, we, I we get your about, point. Yeah, we talk about other Brownlow medalists that have won point. multiple ones, like Bobby Skills. You know, I've got a, a Malcolm Blight quote echoing in the back of my mind about yeah, the number of possessions he kept getting at half-back, which I think was a bit harsh. But I understand what Malcolm was saying. Yeah, it's a good point you make. Yeah. Oh, he's a classical player. Yeah, absolute running machine and, yeah. a, and a ball magnet. Uh, we got through the show quite well today, and Matt Crouch was only mentioned once. I forgot to tell you. Did you mention him? Uh, no, no, it came up. Josh Rochelle mentioned him. Uh, oh, we... <laughs> oh, thank goodness it wasn't us. Yeah, we've, we've got to go. We're out of time. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Good night, everyone. Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Tyre Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit tyrepower.com.au now.